how have you found adjusting being in here? You would have had like a million people helping you. Yeah. And there without the help. That's That's been a really tough, um, it's been really tough to be very honest. I mean, moving to a place where I had nobody, no family, no support system, with a, with a baby who was six months, it, it's been really hard. But um, I came when Corona happened. So I was really, really lucky. I mean, I came and the world was shutting down. I mean, I came in February and the world shut down uh, end of February. So yeah. it was just the right time. And I really loved being a mom. I mean, I just wanted to kind of dive deep into motherhood. So for me, it just, I, I was a full-time mom and I put, uh, you know, work on the side at that time. And it felt, um, I, I just, it, it felt uh, easier because I was very much involved. Yeah. Um, but I missed family, of course. I mean, there's nothing like learning from your friends who have kids as well and your parents. Uh, I had to learn everything on my own, make mistakes. And it was challenging, but I, I managed yeah. Um, um, yeah, I managed. Thank God. <laughs> I think the Kilan is almost three and he's still alive. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're good. I, I love how that's the benchmark. The fact that he's still alive and kicking means you're doing a great job. Best it's really funny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is the benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think you'll never get those moments in your life back again, right? Like that's like if there was a silver lining of COVID, it was probably the world forcing all of us to stop yeah. and spend that quality time. And you're, you've always, you, how long have you been running for now with Moshi? Like how, how many? I, I really, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Yeah. It's going to be 10 years next year. That's crazy. Like 10, 10 years. And I started in 2013. I was just 28 years old and I had just turned 28 and now I'm turning 36. Like, it's insanity to me that I, I've had this brand for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And, and Aslan, <laughs> how did you even like start with this idea? Like where did it, where did you conceptualize and incept the idea that this is what you were going to be doing for the foreseeable future of your life? I mean, I never really was into fashion crazy enough, but I was always, I always loved the idea of, you know, being able to express yourself with different different clothing. So I think that's something that really made me get into fashion and also being surrounded by uh, my family who was always into fashion as well. So that's kind of put me put me in this in this fashion world. But yeah. I was never that type of person that was on trend or buying the latest stuff or wanting to be in the uh, um, or wanting, you know, the latest things. But I just I love the idea of being able to express myself wearing anything I wanted to wear. And that's where I started. That's how I started Mochi, really. What's the moment where you're like, Khalas, this is what I'm going to do. And I have to go talk to Mama and Baba and tell them that this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is my life's calling. I, I mean, I went to India in 2000, even before 2013. I went to India 2010. And I was with a bunch of our friends. Um, you, you know all our friends. <laughs> um, and uh, we just, uh, I, I was there and we had, you know, we were there for like a week. And we went to Goa at that time. Okay. And I just fell in love with all the artisanal work, all these, this beautiful embroidery, all the colors. And so that moment, I felt like 
a sense of, I don't know, it just felt, it, it felt perfect. It was the perfect moment where I felt this was for me. I needed to bring this cultural experience that I've experienced in Goa to Dubai or to the Middle East. So that's when I had that calling, I would say, to be like, okay, this is, there's something here. Let me take some artisanal embroidered uh, bags and recreate those and sell them. And that's when the moment, uh, uh, like after two years, I started, uh, I started the brand. And what happened? And I, I, I imagine it's probably not. خلاص, you decided, and then those two years, it was just, you know, building. It was, I would imagine it's a lot of like back and forth. Do I want to do yeah. this? Yeah, you talking Actually, to people. Yani, what yeah. was the, what happened in that two year gap? I think at that the two year gap, I was just distracted. I really didn't want to. Um, I was also younger, and I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do at the time. And also, I just. I actually had another brand before Mochi that I don't know if a lot of people know about. I had a brand called Yayo. <laughs> yani, don't take this the wrong way, but thank God that brand name didn't live on. <laughs> yeah, it's not a really nice name. But yeah, I uh, started a brand called Yayo and that was the time, you know, I I really wanted to, again, um, sh- you know, showcase, you know, me putting yeah. my, my name out there. But um, that didn't work out. I was I was very much young, and you know, I just it wasn't the time. Yeah. Um, but I when I when I turned when I was time, I didn't really ask a lot of people. I I remember myself just really excelling. I was just I knew what I wanted to do. I I started selling in my home um, in in Dubai when I was living with my parents at the time, and um, I sold out within a month. And that's when I remember I had a little bit of money at the time and I was the one that invested in um, in the, you know, I had like around 30 pieces and I sold out. And that's when I was like, okay, now I need to ask mama and baba for money because this is something, <laughs> this is something. There's there's a brand here, there's a business and I needed, I needed the capital. Yeah. So that's where um, it kind of escalated. But I never spoke to anyone about it. I didn't really have a brand or a brand name. I just sold what I had but it sold out. So I knew I was onto something. Okay. And was that like first collection, was it like friends and family that bought from you or was it like? Yeah, I think the first, uh, so when I first created Mochi, I created uh, a bunch of bags and those bags um, were were sold by friends and family. I mean, a few people here and there that we didn't know, but mostly friends and family. And then um, I was still working actually at a at a, a facility management company at the time. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, always at the back of my computer researching, you know, different brands and what they're up to and kind of getting inspiration. And um, I had another opportunity to go back to India. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going there. I might as well add some more pieces and more items into this uh, collection that I wanted to create. And um, that's where I went to. I went to Rajasthan, and I went by myself on a trip uh, for ten days, uh, kind of like backpacking, literally. Um, and I met this this uh, this guy. His name is Reyes, which, by the way, I still work with after no ten way. years. I, he, yeah, I swear, he's like my favorite person. And we created like a mini capsule collection, and I named it the Jaipur collection because yeah. I wanted. Uh, my collection to be inspired by countries and I wanted to showcase the artisanal work that that is represented by the culture so I worked so that's where 
I named it Jaipur Collection, and we did this the capsule capsule collection that I brought back to the Middle East. Amazing. And again, that sold out. So now you know you're onto something at that point. So now it's like, okay, we need a PR. (laughs) We need a logo. (laughs) We need a name. (laughs) We need a name. Like, what am I naming this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I I started building the brand from there, I would say. And, of course, I asked for a capital. And, thankfully, um, uh, I got got a capital at the time. So I was very lucky to have the support of my family. Mm. And um, it built from there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you said that it felt, yani, it sounds like there was something inside you that felt like it was right. How does that, how is what you felt yani, when you were starting Mochi different than, if at all, different than when you were starting Yayo? <laughs> Yayo. Um, I really, it's, it's just, maybe it's the fire, the passion, or just the idea of people buying, you know, just knowing that people were coming over to purchase a product. And I remember living with my parents and then these random people texting me on Instagram. You know, Instagram had just started in 2013. So they would be texting me and be like, hey, can I come over and shop? So I think meeting so many people and selling out in such a short period of time and having you know cash in my little cupboard i had a little cupboard that i would just shove cash in there that's where the fire kind of started i was like okay (laughs) i have money in here you know what i mean so that's kind of where i was like okay that was that was the fire um and that's what made me kind of excited you know just people validating it i guess people telling me you're doing you know there's something here they like the product yeah and um I can imagine yeah, and you're getting into, did you always have this plan to build a global brand or was it, uh, you said that you wanted to bring something to the Middle East initially, so. Yeah, so I was, I was actually thinking about it the other day and I was thinking, I remember when I started, when I started the brand, I didn't want to be a typical, you know, um, conservative, Middle Eastern, um, uh, kind of like couture brand. I wanted to, 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 I wanted to expand to a more international uh, target audience. And that's where I felt when I was starting the brand and building the brand, that was kind of my main focus. How can I, you know, be living in the Middle East, but target the international clientele? And, and, this is this is where whenever I designed that was on the top of my mind. So was my focus, oh, I want to be international and that's all I wanted to do. No, I didn't really I didn't have goals. I'll be very honest with you. I was I'm not the type of person that's very that honest. has goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I'm gonna achieve this and I'm gonna do this. No, I yeah. just winged it. I yeah. really, really, really winged it. And yeah. I think I had a lot of luck. I swear. It just there's I just felt I had a lot of good people around me at the time. And I remember Moda Apparendi at the time. I was, I mean, you're talking about in 2014, I started the brand in 2013. Moda Apparendi knocked on, you know, sent me an email like, hi, we heard about you. You know, we would like to stalk your stuff online. And I'm like, what does stalk my stuff online mean? <laughs> What's wholesale? Like, I had no idea. But for some reason, it just, it, it they, because I built this international looking product, they saw that. And that again gave me that validation. It was just a validation after a validation, like I'm doing something right. 
Yeah. But definitely, I definitely wanted to, that was, I think, one of the challenges. If we're talking about challenges, uh, I, it was like, who do I compare myself to in the Middle East? Who am I looking up to as a young, you know, as a young female, as a young designer? I didn't have anyone I could look up to at the time. And that's where I felt a little bit of a challenge, for sure. The reality is uh, life is uh, a lot of luck but a lot of hard work. So you're For right, sure. and you, I'm, I'm sure luck played a role, but to give credit where credit's due, it's yeah. also, you know, you worked your butt off and you had something that was new and unique and people wanted. Sure. And so it requires both. Like you can you can be lucky and, and not put in yeah. the effort and that's not sustainable. You're not going to be a brand that's around for 10 years. Definitely. And and you could be working your butt off and not get lucky and then go nowhere. So it's it's always a mix of both. Definitely. I think, I mean, uh, you know me really well and yeah. you know I work really, I work a lot. Yeah. I am a hard worker, but I think uh, if we're talking about the initial validation, I think that validation gave me the 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 fire to work hard. And I think every step of the way, when I was kind of giving up, I got a lot, another validation. And that's when the work in me or the hard work in me continued to grow and blossom because it's a very challenging business. And you need definitely, like you said, you need some sort of luck, but also a lot of you need to work hard. I mean, it's it's a very tough business. Yeah. No, you know, it's uh, it's amazing how and you can do all these things that make you feel good. But the thing that really, really makes you feel good at the end of the day when you're in a business is when you see your customers are valuing and enjoy what you're selling. That's the point at which, you know, you're like, okay, I have the, yeah. this keeps me going. This is the fire Definitely. that I need. And so I, I completely understand that. And and you, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know the space super well, but I can imagine it's a very intimidating, challenging space to be in. And it is. And you had the kind of your eyesight on being international from the very beginning. So it's not like you were mm -hmm. dreaming small and then it grew. You you dreamt big from the from the beginning. And where did yeah. that where did that courage come from to say you know what it's challenging, it's global. I'm competing against all these players, but screw it. I'm still gonna you know put my uh put my target to be a, a global brand i think you know i again i was I, w I was i grew up in a very um um my father pushed me so much and entrepreneurship was something we 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 all kind of strived for in the family so being an entrepreneur was something always instilled in me so I definitely think it was something that, again, made me want to be uh, this international brand. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, it's my sister, you know, uh, Maliha, who just started, a, who started a gallery also in, in, in DIFC. I, they are my role models. So looking at them and seeing how they've grown, it really made me want to do even more, you know? Yeah. I wanted to prove to them and myself that I could do, um, I can do that as well. So it's 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 really internal. Yeah. I, 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 it's all within the family, you know, within mm. my household that made me passionate about um, about wanting to do more and to be successful. Yeah, it's amazing. Like when you're around high-performing people, 
mm-hmm. it's infectious energy and you like you just feed Definitely. off of that and you want to push yourself and and just it, it's all it's all a positive cycle of uh, of momentum yeah and then yeah i can definitely you know you said something hick in passing that i want to mm-hmm. i want to go back to you said uh whenever you felt there were challenges whenever you felt like you want to give up um the validation gave you the fire to keep uh growing and going um which is amazing to hear but what i'd love to hear is those moments when you were like oh i'm not gonna I'm not going to do this anymore. What what kind of comes to to mind? A lot of, you know, young girls look at fashion as like fashion, glitz and glamour, like really pretty, like you have to dress up, look good. But being in the fashion world, it's so so challenging because you could be super creative. You can be you know, you can you can create the most beautiful designs, but if you don't have this business sense, um that that's that's where it gets really complicated you need to have it needs to be three it needs to really be 360 you need to know it all to to and there's moments where i'll be very honest i never studied design i never went to fashion school i don't know what i'm doing i mean there's a lot of moments i looked at myself i was like why are people even liking what i'm doing yeah i'm i'm insecure like i don't know what's going on but again there, there were the, the, this moment where Saks Fifth Avenue came and said, I want to buy your product. And then Net-A-Porter and then, you know, Bloomingdale's. So again and again, I, when I had these dips, I had these, these people reaching out to me. So I, it always, I don't know how the cycle happened where it, I, it just, it just went through, you know, I just passed through <laughs> the challenge. It, I was like, when you needed it, something would happen to kind of, yeah. the universe was like saying, ah, yeah, keep going, keep going. Exactly. Exactly. And I really believe in that. I believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, d- creating six collections a year, th- that's not natural. I'm yeah, sorry. Like we do that. We do this. I'm constantly on this hamster wheel, working my ass off going and doing six collections a year i mean at one point how much more creativity can you you know (laughs) how much how much more can you do so it's 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 that moment where you need to find it within yourself to to find other ways to kind of make you creative again and and push through you know friends or family members or taking a long vacation or whatever but it's 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 a process and you yeah. really need to have this confidence in you and this drive that will push you through uh through these challenges for sure and these moments of like downers <laughs> yeah no i i think my my theory is we're all insecure and yeah uh and the difference is just some people will allow their insecurity to become the thing that holds them back and others understand that i'm insecure that's the way i am and i just have to fight through it just like you know uh fighting through any other difficult obstacle or personality flaw and definitely i guess were there were there moments where you felt like were there triggers or things that would happen that would usually make you feel insecure uh or definitely I mean, creating a collection is is it's a it's a very personal thing. Like when I'm creating pieces, 
even if it, my mom is criticizing that piece, I'm feeling it damages you a little bit. When you go to wholesale and you're standing with these clients that are coming, international clients like these huge department stores, you know, like I said previously, Saks Fifth Avenue or Bloomingdale's, and they say, sorry, not the season. Oh, I mean, shit. that I could, breaks I, you. I feel like my heart fell out of my ass just hearing I, you say that. Uh, so there's moments where yeah. I'm hiding, like yeah. literally hiding. No one knows. Yeah. I'm there. No one knows. <laughs> I'm there. I'm just at the back hiding and peeking out, like like seeing what are they saying now. Yeah. I mean, if it's a positive response, I see a smile, I come out. But if I yeah. see someone going like, not this season, oh, my heart. Like, it's it's... It's your personal work. It's your baby. Putting your personal work yeah. out there. It's your baby. And yeah. them criticizing it, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard. So my insecurities definitely <laughs> have to be covered up most of the time. Like, I'm always like, yeah, I know what I'm doing, you know. But it's, it's, it's definitely these moments where you'd really have to dig deep and say, trust your instinct. Trust your tuition and say, you know what? You did this. You're strong. You're confident. And you just have to like, you just have to, you know, hope <laughs> that w the world will like it too. You know, the other companies will like it. Other uh, uh, department stores. It's not, there's not only one. There's many. So it's okay, you know? Yeah. So that self-talk you have is like, it's okay. It's going to oh be Oh my God. Fine. I live on my self-talk, okay. like for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what keeps me going. Yeah. <laughs> I know for me, when I feel like super insecure, what I do is I go back and I, quickly reflect on all the things that have gone well right so i'm like yeah. whenever i'm insecure i'm like well think about the fact that you know because that's 220 people now think about the fact that we're in many you know more than one country think about so like i just kind of say those things i'm like oh okay like that it's a good reminder for me that this is not the first time i felt insecure and despite yeah. that look at where where we are today exactly for sure and that that helps me a lot when when i feel insecure Definitely. And remembering that you do have a, like, I think good team, people that you surround yourself with, like having a good team is super difficult. It's also one of the challenges. But when you do have a good team, it's like whew, smooth sailing, you know, you go back and you just kind of like reflect and have each other's back. I mean, uh, without a good team, you can't be anywhere without a good team because you're not one man show, you know. So I think that's also something that I I I, uh, I always remind myself. Um, I always remind myself I have a good team that's supportive, that are standing by me, that that also believe in what I'm doing. So that really pushes through, pushes me to to excel as well. It's not like you were born and started Mochi with all this amazing leadership and team management skills. Uh, nope. it's, it's stuff you've had to kind of figure out uh, along the way. And so what have you learned about building a good team around you? I to be very honest, I, I still struggle. I'm a very passionate person. Um, and, and, you know, it is my baby and, and it's, it's my first child. I have a baby now, but yes, it's my first child. So I am very, very, very passionate about it. So I take it personal. Yeah. Let me tell you that. I yeah. take it personal. So <laughs> Sounds like we so, should have uh, your team on the podcast at the end. Right? They need to <laughs> start talking. Um, it's, been a, it's been up and down. I mean, yeah. in 10 years, there have been in and people in and out, but yeah. I think that's normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, but once you, like I said, once you have a good team, you sustain the good team and you make sure that they're happy and you're happy and things go uh, a bit, uh, you know, smooth sailing. 
Um, but I learned a lot. I learned to be patient. I learned to be kind. I learned to be, you know, um, I learned to, you know, actually the most important thing I learned is yeah. not to micromanage, yeah. I think. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to let people do their job the way they want to do their job. Yeah. I think we tend to like say, but you shouldn't be doing that, but they're doing the job. Let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, as long as it's the end result is the same, then they're doing it. So I learned that really, I learned that now. And now I'm feeling so much better because I allow people to do their thing. And I take a step back. And then at the end, everything is smooth. And, you know, just being calm and just, you know, just trying to be more relaxed. You're, uh, we were just talking before we started recording that... We must have known. We must know each other now for like, I want to say like fifteen years, if not if not longer than that. And Amazing. one thing I've noticed as you've kind of matured in your business, and maybe it's just maturing in life, uh, is that you're definitely much more like laissez-faire and zen than like yeah. Aya from you know fifteen, sixteen <laughs> years ago. And uh, so yeah. so. What do you think's kind of driven that change? Is it something you've actively worked on? Is you think it's just time? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, things happen with when you least expect them. I've been through a lot in my life that now I just don't take it so seriously. I just just say it is what it is. It happened and we just have to live with it. I mean, personal things have happened. Um, moving to Amsterdam, um, you know, uh, collections failing or collections doing better than other collections. Um, you know, a lot of experiences in my life that have have made me more relaxed, I think, as a person. Um, yeah, just yeah, just not taking it as serious as I used to. Yeah, no, it's definitely nice, Yanni, talking to you and seeing you. So I feel like you're at peace. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like you're at peace, which is amazing to see. And you know what I wrote down is... I did a lot of meditation. Okay. I did a lot of meditation. I've had a breakdown, actually, if you if you yeah. want me to be very honest. I've yeah, had please. a breakdown about three years ago okay. where I was just, you know, I think where you, you get to a point when you're designing where you, where you don't see any more... Um, good things happening in a way it's like what how do you can mean? i explain it yeah i've never been a like, place where i'm designing a, a fashion yeah line, so you get help to a me point understand. yes i'm gonna try to explain you get to a point where when you're designing yeah. you're just on this hamster wheel that you stop seeing what you're actually doing so if someone tells you Gigi hadid just wore mochi you stop feeling it okay you get to a point where you don't feel anything good happening I don't know if, if this is ever, if you've experienced this, yeah. but like you would tell me, I, um, um, yeah, like um, Bella Hadid or Gigi Hadid, some people obviously in the fashion industry that you would love to dress wore mochi in the red carpet. I'll be like, okay, who's next? It became this feeling where I just stopped feeling. I just, I don't know how to just explain it. It became like numb I, to the whole I became experience. numb. Yeah. I became numb. And yeah. that's where I knew there was something wrong with me. I was like, okay, there's something wrong. This is not this is not natural not to feel any joy. I, I lost the joy of, you know, anything nice. Like even like, oh, let's go for a nice brunch with your friends. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like everything just started becoming, uh, uh, I felt like I was dragging. And yeah. I took a moment when I was like, I remember I was married at the time. And I remember I'm still married, but married, you know. And uh, I was like, okay, 
I can't do this anymore. I need to go to India and I'm going to leave for 10 days to the Himalayas by myself. And I'm going to do this like meditation um, um, retreat uh, thing um, in Ananda, this uh, retreat. And I did it. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. It really did change me. And I think what you see now is a lot of it, a, a, a part of it is because of that, because I really had that time to relax and had that time to kind of reflect and remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, the, the breakdown happened and I recovered. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's such a great story. And uh, for me, like one, you know, you're courageous to share that. Um, and then two, you know, one thing that's super clear is like you're an extremely resilient person. Like you, you just like Thank you. you get thrown these things and then you just find a way to work through them. I've done these these kind of meditation uh, retreats before. And one challenge I face is like, how do I sustain like you can't really understand unless you've been on one of those retreats. Yeah. The feeling of leaving, like how light you feel when you leave and like how at peace For you sure. feel. It's like you're you're not walking, you're like floating, right? No. And it then feels the so good. And, and then the world hits you and then yeah. it takes you back, <laughs> back, like get back down. And so one challenge I faced is like how do I sustain keep some of that like light or that goodness from that moment? Yeah. How do I keep that going with me? And so have you cracked that? I give myself breaks. I give myself moments of peace where I'm just like, I step out of the situation and I'm just like, okay, I need my time. So I do walks, for example, which I'm very lucky to be in Amsterdam because we walk a lot. I bike obviously everywhere, everywhere. So that's really helpful. We have parks, so that's really helpful. I try to do like long baths. I mean, I don't, um, I, I try, I try to, to do as much as I can. Um, I try to shut off, shut off the noise, but it is difficult for sure. I mean, we're, we're always constantly uh, busy and doing so much. But um, yeah, you just have to remind yourself to do it because you know that that moment of anxiety and breakdown is so much worse. You know, you remind yourself how it feels and you're like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to get to that moment. So I, I, I continue to do them so I don't get there. You know, you said something along the way that's come up like in different bits and pieces, Bess. When you said doing six uh, lines, collections, a, collections yeah. a year, I was like, I barely have creativity <laughs> to like, you know, write an email uh, once a week. And so tell me about kind of the creative process. Like how do you sustain that level of creativity? Um, what do you do when you kind of hit I don't know if there's like a writer's block version of fashion yeah, designing. Yeah, definitely is. But yeah. I'd love to just learn more about the creative process. Well, after uh, being in the, the business for almost 10 years and after having a baby, I did decide to kind of slow down. Um, I moved to Amsterdam uh, almost two years ago. And when I moved here, before I moved here, um, a little bit before I moved here, before Corona, I was like, okay, um, I can't do this anymore. There's no way I can do six collections a year um, and have a baby. And it just it, it just felt too much for me to handle. And given the fact that I, I was telling you earlier, I did have that breakdown. I didn't want to get to that point. And also when you're a little bit o older, you, you do know, you understand yourself a little bit better. Yeah. And you're like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what you need as a human? Don't push yourself. So... 
I did slow down and I did change my um, my business actually. So now it is um, um, I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking slower steps. So I try not to do seasonal collections. So a lot of my collections are more uh, seasonless. Um, I try to be more sustainable, so I don't produce as much. I don't do wholesale anymore, so I don't produce in big batches um, or stand and get insecure anymore because I know I can't handle it. Um, I just did things that I feel for me uh, uh, was better, and I felt for my business was better. So I did take, I did, I did make changes. So being sustainable, you know, reconstructing stuff. So taking old and new pieces and working them together to make new pieces, like more um, new, like what I'm wearing now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking those slower steps. I'm understanding my client better. So now most of my business is um, um, direct to consumer. Um, so I really tap into my clients much more. I understand my client much more. I'm designing for my client. Um, and that makes me happy. I feel so much more personal and, and yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm a completely happier person and much more relaxed than I've ever been. So first of all, amazing, <laughs> first of all, amazing, because I, I feel like because I'm saying amazing because like I'm, I'm kind of listening to you talk and I see how all the pieces come together. I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of confidence yeah. in yourself to be able to say, this is the way the industry operates, this is the way it works. And it takes a lot of self-awareness to know, here's what I need. Uh, and mm -hmm. those two things need to be, like you need to, ha you need to be fully in touch with yourself to be able to make a decision like that. So what you're saying for me is like a story of personal growth mm -hmm. and and development that's allowed you to get to a place where you can make a business decision like that and and stick by it so uh you know i i applaud you massively for that but i also Thank imagine you. it's not like easy to tell wholesalers it was I'm not, a, it was I'm really challenging because yeah, also I mean, like what if it doesn't work out right of course yeah. i remember um also again two two years ago um upcycling was something that started to kind of rise up and i remember i was also upcycling? one of, yeah so upcycling is taking for example a vintage piece and taking um old uh, stock that you have because we during corona a lot of people sat on a lot of stock Got it. and sitting on a lot of stock means harming the environment because what are you going to do with all the stock so a lot of people were finding ways of taking this old stock reconstructing it and making something new and that's where you you call you say it, it's called upcycling so I wanted to do that because I really felt the need for being a bit more sustainable, given the fact that I had a baby moving to Amsterdam, which is a very sustainable country as yeah, well. 100%. So I was just like, how can I um, uh, change my business? And that's 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 where I, I kind of did the upcycling move. And then how about like talking to retail retailers or wholesalers and saying, you know, it, it, yeah. It wasn't really good, but <laughs> it worked. I mean, I think people respected respected the fact that I was I w I I was changing my business model because yeah. a lot of people wanted to do that but didn't know how to do it or wanted to slow down and slow the pace and be more aware of the environment, be more sustainable, but you know, struggle to do that. So uh, wholesalers respected me for sure. I mean, I still have a lot of wholesalers that are. 
asking to do, you know, capsule collections with them on a more sustainable way, less, uh, you know, uh, quantity, more upcycling, again, taking maybe their old stock and repurposing it with mochi. Yeah. So it is, it, we, people are getting there. It's okay. an educational, um, it's something people still need to be educated on. They, at one point, a lot of brands were saying they're not going to do spring, summer, they're going to do resort, they're not going to do resort, they're just going to do, you know, one collection a year. So they were talking about it at one point, but has it really been implemented? I don't think so. I think it's getting there and they want to do it. But then, you know, it's it's a tough industry. It's fashion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's consumerism. People yeah. still want to buy. It's, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> but, it's, but I know people are trying to be better. I mean, I want it to be better and I did it. And I hope people want to do the same, to be honest. This is kind of why I started my, my comment was I think it just takes a lot of confidence uh, to be able to do something like that. And and you know, I don't know the industry, but to be able to say, like, I'm going to walk away from ABC and I'm still going to have a successful business takes a lot of guts. And so I think I can imagine that's one reason why people haven't done it. So so yeah. so that's probably a factor as well. But you didn't tell me where you get your juices from. Like, how do you get your creative uh, mind Weird, going? Uh, like, tell, yeah. tell me all about it. I, I mean, I love, I think traveling is one of the things that really, really inspires me. Um, also, because I'm, you know, starting Mochi was all about traveling to different countries and being inspired by cultures and bringing that to kind of a, in a modern way or twisting it in a modern way. So that's, uh, uh, that really helps kind of like surrounding myself with people, but just also friends and also just sitting on the street and looking at people, what they're wearing. Um, that's of, really inspiring uh, to me. One of Arab society's favorite pastimes. Sitting <laughs> 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 and looking at what people are wearing. Oh, by the way, I love to do that. Uh, I, I, I do it all the time. 100%. Even it's here. one of my favorite things about going to airports is just like sitting and watching right? people walk by. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, little things like that inspire me, but also I think a lot of it comes from my sisters as well because they're two so different um, one of them is like a little bit more conservative. The other one is a little bit wilder. So if you look at mochi, it's a bit of both. It's kind sure. of like it has like that conservative but wild side. It's it's chic but bohemian. Yeah. So it really, I really get that from from my sisters a lot from my sisters. Um, but I'm, you know, there are times where I'm just I have no idea what I'm doing. But then I kind of look back and I go back to my inspirational board and I remember something and it kind of links to 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 something I wanted to create. So far, it's been it's been doing well. But yeah, there are times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing for sure. But I'm, I'm on the right track right now. So 100%. let's see in a year. <laughs> and, and it's like building a collection like like having kids. You can't say which one's your favorite or. Or definitely <laughs> okay fine how, how do you know are you a fashion designer no it really is it really is it's like having little children i swear to god it's like yeah. every every collection means so much to me and then every time i yeah. make a collection i'm like this is the best one i've ever done you know <laughs> and it's like and every season it's it's the same i'm always like i can never say something is better than the other i love them all equally i i i just 
but the, the, the thing is, and, and that's where also something that I always found challenging is when you're doing the six collections a year, let's go back to that. You have to do about 30 pieces each collection because if wholesalers won't take you if you only have six or seven pieces. So you really need to build a collection. So like 30 pieces. You can imagine the investment that you need. You can imagine how much stock you're sitting on. So it was just, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's too much. I mean, now I'm doing collection six, seven pieces, every collection six, seven pieces, because the only pieces that people want are only three or four anyway. So why are you building 30 pieces? Yeah. Yeah, no, so I mean, I, it's, I, I mean, the move yeah. to sustainability, like that's where, the, where, where everything in the world is going. Anyone who knows yeah. anything or cares even a bit about, you know, the future generations. So, but, but you also said that, you know, you didn't have business sense. I remember once walking, I think I was going in to meet with your sister and I think you and Luai were having a meeting with her. And I remember you mm. were like in the midst of tea. I don't know what I'm doing on the supply chain side, this, that. And I was like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. So I have like a vivid memory of that moment. Yeah. And you said that yeah. you kind of don't really, you didn't have business sense, but you built this amazing business. So how did you yeah. get from where you started to where you are today? I mean, I'm really lucky that I have a husband who helps me a lot. To be very honest, he's doing all my accounts at the moment and um, he helps me strategize. So I think that's really something I'm very, very lucky to have. Uh, also, my sister who, who helps me a lot with that. But that, I think for me, I struggle a lot with math. <laughs> Yeah. and accounts yeah. so I think that's something I was not very good at and I think something that if I had in the back of my mind I could have managed things better in terms of even like you know um quality of fabric what to do versus what buttons I mean small things that clients don't really see but if you understand costs costs build up and I think if I knew that part I I, I feel I would have saved much more. I don't think I would have been as successful or not successful or least successful, but I think I would have saved more. And I think I wish I had that in, in my mind or I, I, I wish I knew more about it. Um, again, I'm, I'm lucky to have my husband who helps me with the business at the moment and he's teaching me and kind of like stops me when I have to be stopped and say, okay, no, you cannot you know, use, uh, uh, for example, this kind of linen with this, you know, dress, client's not going to pay X amount for it, you know? So we are, because he's, it's really, he's, you know, he's with me every day, it's easier rather than having like a third party which audits the company at the end of the year. It's like I have someone at the forefront explaining, helping me process by process. So I'm learning and I'm getting better. But it is something I, I struggled with a lot, just the accounting part of the business, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then, so, so you said, like, this is your first baby, um, but it's not your only baby. Uh, and so I can, I'm not talking about your husband, I'm talking about your, your son. <laughs> uh, but um, so, you know, like, I've been married for a year and a half. I don't have any kids. And every time I look at a working mother, I'm like, she's a champion because I can't imagine what it's like to raise yeah. a, raise a, a human being, take care of, you know, your partner uh, and, you know, whatever kind of Arab society expects and then also build a business. And so I can imagine that whole process has been challenging. 
It has been for sure. I mean, having a baby is such a miracle. Um, it's just such a beautiful process. Um, and I'm so, I mean, I'm so grateful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, running a business and having a baby is difficult, especially when you move to Amsterdam, which is a new country as well. So I had a lot of challenges on my plate. Um, but you, but you know, I, I, I had the support, I would say, uh, from my husband again, that he, we took turns. We, we, we did the things that we had to do necessary. I mean, uh, you take the morning shift, I take the night shift, you take the night shift, I take the morning shift. So it worked out. Um, but not a lot of people have that support system. So I, I, I do want to say I'm very grateful for that. Um, it's, it's tough, but I think when I see my son and I'm hoping one day when Kilan sees that I haven't been available as much as I would want to, he would look up to me and say, Mama, I'm proud of you and I'm proud of what you've done because I do do what I do, not only for him, but also to set an example to every female entrepreneur and every woman out there because it is not easy to run a business as a woman. It's not easy to run a business as a mom um, um, we just put so much pressure on ourselves to try to prove ourselves, to showcase to the world that we're doing so good. So it is a lot of pressure and a lot. And I just want to continue doing what I do to set the right example. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Yanni, Anna, from my perspective, like just, you know, it's starting a business and r running the business. It just feels like it's overwhelming. Uh, I can't even imagine like the pr starting the process of thinking about kids, you know, because I feel yeah. like that takes up so much of my energy, my mental space. Like I fe feel like even probably impacts my body. And so sure. like, I can't even imagine, you know, yeah. how you were able to kind of get to that point. And, and I uh, mean, you know, I mean, because we're very close and you know that I, uh, that I struggled having, having Kilan. I mean, I tried to have Kilan you know, for two years, a baby for two years, but it was a struggle and I had to, uh, you know, uh, uh, I had to do IVF um, and, you know, that was really tough for me and really tough, especially that I was also running a business. Um, and, you know, if you look at Mochi's Instagram and you look at Mochi's, um, uh, yeah, Instagram, it's all about fun and loving and outgoing. So how can you separate the two when I was going through this process, but still trying to showcase to the world that we are still this fun, go lucky brand. So it, it, it was really challenging. But I think also social media shows such a different. 100%. Um, um, it shows such a different yeah. um, uh, look of what you're actually going through, yeah. which is maybe a good thing in a way because I didn't want anyone to know <laughs> that I was going through it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, again, when I go back and think, okay, I always ask myself, like, why did I have to go through this process? I mean, there's many reasons, but of course, I, I did put myself under the pressure of work. I did, you know, uh, uh, work very hard as well and maybe not take care of my body as much as I should have taken care of my body. Uh, maybe put my, again, so much pressure on the fact that I wanted to showcase to the world that I'm, you know, I can do this. I'm this, you know, I'm the strong woman that I can survive anything. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that played a part in why I kind of struggled having a baby, but it did make me feel like I wish I took care of myself a little bit more. And that's why I made the decision to change um, uh, the kind of rebrand Mochi and slow down because I realized it's not worth it. Thanks for sharing that story. I mean, I think 
obviously I know, but I mean, for you to share that's very brave. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, you only realize why things happen in retrospect when you're going through them, you never, like, uh, you never realize this is why I'm going through that moment. And so like, mm. you know, if you kind of connect all the dots of your life story so far, it's all taught to you to get to this point where now that you have a son and you have a family to give you the courage, to give you the life lessons, to slow down, enjoy the present moment a lot more, enjoy disconnecting. And Definitely. so it all it all ends up happening for, for a reason. Exactly. I completely agree with that. I think everything happens for a reason. And I think if I didn't, you know, if, if I got a baby two years before I did get a baby, maybe that wasn't the right time. So there's no, there's, I'm, I've never been, I've never been sad. I've never looked at myself and I was like, oh, I'm, I'd never felt sorry for myself. I knew the moment was going to come. But maybe that wasn't the right time. So I think at the end of the day, I do look at light, the light at the end of the tunnel. I did see the future of me being a mom. So I was very optimistic. And uh, how do you have that faith? Like when you're going through something tough, like how do you have yeah. the faith? It's, it's very easy to start feeling sorry f for yourself to say, oh, Definitely. this always happens to me. Life is shitting on me. I was expecting it and here it was, it showed up. And so how, how do you keep the faith, Yanni, and not let yourself feel sorry for yourself? I do believe in the higher power, to be very honest. Okay. I do believe that some, some, something out there is bigger than me that is protecting me and taking care of me. And I, I, do, I do kind of like sometimes let go and say, okay, there's something out there that is leading me to the right direction. Um, that gives me the faith for sure. Um, yeah, and again, just being support, like being surrounded with the right people, making sure that you can talk to these people, making sure that you have good friends around you, your family members, that kind of always. I mean, I have one of my friends as well that's always like, not naming names, but I'm sure you know who she is, um, would be like, you know, really you know everything is you know adi like who cares yeah, you know and yeah. that kind of puts it in perspective so i was like yeah i was like yeah actually who cares you yeah, know yeah. like nothing really matters mm. you know everything is very adi yeah. i'm like yeah everything is very adi <laughs> when you start thinking like that yeah. everything <laughs> becomes like yeah it's not worth it it's not worth to be upset about that you yeah. know what i mean so just like not taking things too seriously life is too short you know and i think everything like you said happens for a reason kind of believing that you're here you're you're here at this moment for the right time you know what's that saying you're here the right time yeah you're, <laughs> i guess it's like yanni the way i th i heard something today actually on another podcast i was listening and he said that never take advice from other people um or if you hear advice from other people that is advice you don't necessarily believe in and it's Let's call it, let's not to call it advice, let's call it criticism for the lack of a better word, but that's kind of what yeah. he was talking about. Don't listen to it because this is the only time in history where Aya is alive in 2022, living in Amsterdam, doing what she's doing. There's no other moment in history that's like that, yeah. right? And so yeah. you, each of our life experiences is completely unique to us. And it's the only moment in history where that those set of circumstances are are happening and so I completely you know that stuck with me because when you think that way then you're like huh okay like who cares yeah exactly I just 
Yeah, I think if I don't live my life like that, I would be very anxious. So I just let it be and see what happens. I'm just, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm going to ask you a question I've been asking you now, you know, for almost 10 years, which is when you're going to start a men's line. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I did a unisex hat now. Have you seen it? I haven't you need seen to it. see it. I, it's I really cute. It. It's a yeah. hat with crochet flaps. I mean, it's really out there. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's really borderline, sure. you know. <laughs> it's borderline not for okay. men, but it is, okay, you know. Gotcha. Like Khalil can pull it off. Come okay. on. Fair. Fair. Yeah, he can pull off a lot of things. <laughs> I agree. Exactly. I mean, I'm trying. I will get there, but I can't I can't be the one designing for a men's line. I mean, I, I just don't know enough, but maybe eventually if I hire a man a man designer um they would be the ones kind of doing that but i like to stick to what i know best i don't want to ever say that i know it all because i don't as i was saying earlier i'm learning along the way so yes if i do find someone that i respect and they like the brand then maybe you never know but uh, it's always it's oh i'm always looking for new um adventures yeah yeah and if you need a muse yanni i'm right i'm right here as well so <laughs> i'll send you some stuff yeah, don't please, worry please <laughs> Uh, listen, I think I could talk to you for another six hours. Um, Me too. And, that was really nice. And it's been amazing talking to you. I think, and like I said, I've known you for all this time, but I don't know, today felt a little bit different. I felt like I got to know one of my really good friends on a deeper level. And yeah. I felt like, he, I felt sitting here, this is going to sound a bit cheesy, but I felt proud of you. And so I'm, I'm really but proud. But I'm to proud of you too. I really wanted to also say that you, you, you're doing great. And this is, this is an amazing, um, I mean, this is amazing, especially for you, because I know you're really good at speaking and you're really good at like asking a question without asking a question. So this is, this is right up your alley. Like you're meant to do this. That's what Thank I'm trying you. to say. You're meant to do this. So I'm really proud of you as well. Thank you. Aya. Um, we're going to wrap it up there and I'm sure, uh, this won't be the last conversation we have. Definitely not. Take care. Bye-bye.